We all have a job to do, my children. We all have a role to play. It is only through doing these jobs, fulfilling these roles, that our community can grow strong enough to survive the coming whirlwind. Do your job. Fulfill your role. And be glad, my children. Be glad. Alright, welcome back to Risk Management, an actual play tabletop podcast that takes place in a science fiction universe with killer robots and blood cults. As always, I am Steve Spaulding, joined with my co-host, Jess Kinghorn. Say hi, Jess. Hello, Jess. (laughs) It's me again. Yeah, uh, do I do plugs now or later? (laughs) Yeah, always do plugs now. Alright, okay, so I write for a magazine called Official PlayStation Magazine. You might have heard of it! Uh, If you are not in the UK and therefore can't buy it from newsstands, you can buy it online from myfavouritemagazines.co.uk. And let me just tell you, we are working on some really cool things that I can't talk about because I had to sign an NDA, but they are very cool things and you will enjoy reading about them. Cool, and I am going to plug... Yeah, I'm going to plug a book. So I just read Skull Sworn by Brian Staveley, and he is not paying me to tell you that this book is great, but it is great, and I think that everyone should read it. And if you haven't read the Unhewn Throne series, another set of books that he wrote, um, you should read those too. I also write things, but I don't feel like plugging them today. So there you go. (laughs) Nice. But you should still check out everything that Steve has written, because it's great. Uh, I'll just say that much. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So let's do a quick summary of what happened. Uh, I'm going to keep this short. Like, I I promised myself to do this in like 10 sentences. So, Caro... Good luck! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right? Caro and Anders um, found themselves waiting patiently for chapel to begin. And by patiently, I mean very impatiently, because... Caro um, learned a couple of things. First, she learned that there is a secret organization inside of the messengers called the Glittering Mind, and that they um, are basically secret police meant to spy on people of all cloaks. And Caro managed to sweet-talk one of them so that he didn't think that she was involved with (laughs) the um, injury of a few of his friends. Anders, by mostly luck, managed to recover the pendant for Jasmine Rose, and he's decided that he doesn't necessarily want to give the entire thing to her, and has hidden away the charm inside of the lockers that um, Rocco Bagney has 
secured for them in the loading dock. Finally, we have Chapel. And in Chapel, we learned that Kara's not great with uh, occult roles. No! And she had a beautiful time at that church service, and she met him, and she learned so much about herself and about the world around her and why the Messengers of the One Mind are the greatest organization of all time. We also learned that Valerie, Yoshida, and Kay have earned their green robes. Valerie, um, it seems to have cost her a bit, but, you know, that's the way of these things. So... That's what happened. And now, let us move into the story proper. I think it's your turn. So, yes, after the experience that was Chapel, uh, Anders and Caro uh, discussed the events of the evening. And uh, yeah, Caro is more than a little out of sorts. Neither are really equipped to deal with that right now, so I'm going to skip ahead to the next day. Uh, it's probably, maybe, you know, maybe Carrie's thinking, oh, I'm just, I'm feeling a bit, I'm feeling a bit weird. Maybe I just need to sleep. Uh, maybe I'm just a bit cranky. Uh, she's definitely not just cranky. So does Kara, Kara does sleep that night, right? Yes. Kara, uh, Kara, I think, I mean, she's not in her right mind at all, so she does actually sleep that evening. Cool. I'm now beginning to realize in what ways that could go horribly wrong. But here we go. Here we are. Kara's so, asleep. Before we continue, I just want to tell you what Kara dreams about. Oh um, God! <laughs> <laughs> Not a dream sequence. I can't wait. <laughs> so Kara finds herself in what feels very much like a lucid dream, and she feels. The dream is more of this tone poem than it is images that you can really parse with your brain. It's this feeling of connectedness. It's this feeling that you are one with something greater than yourself, that you are a part of something so big that it stretches out from from your body, from this building, from the planet into the whole universe. You feel grounded. For the first time, you feel it's not peace. It's something more dynamic than peace. It's like you were paralyzed. You you only had access to this like tiny part of yourself. Your your legs didn't move, your arms didn't move, but suddenly you can feel them, right? Like you can reach out with your your fingers and you can grip the universe. And you you sleep better than you've probably slept in a long time, and you wake up refreshed. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. So after that dream, Kara uh, wakes up and she begins to kind of go, "That that's kind of weird. What is that about?" But then she just gives herself over to this overwhelming calm that everything as it should be. And that was a nice dream. Why pick it apart? Uh, so she dis- dismisses the dream, kind of like, "Oh, oh, what a lovely dream," and then doesn't think much more about it and generally forgets about it and shows she's awake if, if Anders is awake at this time as well they can have a conversation if you would like yep Anders is definitely awake and he looks worried what's going into you are you okay I'm fine I feel really good I slept really well yeah 
What do you remember about last night? Uh, we went to chapel. It was good. Like, yeah, I I don't think too much untoward happened. I mean, oh, there was Kay and Valerie. They seemed happy. Yeah, that's kind of about the gist of it. Valerie has half her chest replaced by some kind of medical-grade titanium milsec um, body armor thing. I guess that was kind of weird, but she seemed happy, so... I, I don't... yeah. She seemed happy, right? I, I'm not misremembering that part. She did seem happy. Yeah. yeah really yeah. happy. Yeah. And so did Kay. Kay was, like, over the moon to get his green robes. Um, he worked really hard for that. So, yeah. Do you remember the hour and a half of chanting? Uh, chanting? You know, uh, in like different languages. Do you, do you remember that part? I think I'd remember that. <laughs> and is such a laugh. <laughs> chanting, really? I'd remember that. Oh boy. Right. So, another wonderful day. Anders sort of like looks away from you and then like looks to himself and is like, hey, um, at some point today I want to try something, okay? Um, but not right now. I need to think through it. Um, okay. Is this this whole lone wolf thing you've been trying out again? Is it kind of related to that? Should I just let you do your thing? No, no, no. This is nothing to do with that. It's just I need to, I need to try something, but I can't do it here. Okay. Just uh, meet me meet me back here, like, sometime in the afternoon. Yeah, sure. Oh, uh, yeah, cool. That, yeah, I can do that. And to stop things from getting too much more awkward, um, yeah, someone does call, uh, does seek out Anders and Caro, and does kind of let them know that they are wanted by the higher-ups. Who's here? Does someone come and see them? Like, like who's, who's, who's here? Okay, I'm going to say, I'm trying to remember what state of disarray we left certain characters and try and remember who it would make most sense to actually be saying this. I want to say Nefton Boyle. He's not happy that he's here, but he has been asked and uh, he can't really say no to the person who's asked him. Uh, So he kind of, you know, kind of grunts at Anders and kind of like isn't quite sure what to make of Caro either. And uh, let's let's us both know that uh, someone wants to have a word with us. Together or separate? Oh, uh, separate. Uh, Jasmine wants to see you. Luca wants to see you. And um, yeah, if you could just follow me, that way we can get this show on the road. Anders seems not super inclined to leave Carol alone. But then he he kind of like looks over and then frowns and then he looks back to Necton and is like, all right, let's get this over with. Great. And if we can get this over with without you punching me in the gut, that would be that'd be wonderful, mate. Let's go. I don't make um, any promises. I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend you didn't say that and he kind of just speeds out <laughs> like he's like trying to keep some distance between himself and Anders. Um so yeah, Necton kind of uh directs Caro away to Luca's uh 
office. Uh, she knows the way. She's been there a few times before. And she looks quite sheepish, but she goes and she directs Anders back to this room you're becoming increasingly familiar with, which is the original interrogation, I'm sorry, integration uh, <laughs> room that uh, Jasmine is so fond of. And uh, yeah, no, Nechten uh, knocks on the door. The biometric block glows red, then green, and uh, he, he ushers you in. And uh, yeah, he, he tries not to look at you as you go into the room. Anders turns to Nechten and makes like hard eye contact and just holds it there for about 10 seconds. And he's like, thanks. And then he taps him twice on the shoulder. And then he turns and walks into the room. <laughs> like, Nechton tried so hard to avoid Anders' gaze, but uh, he's, he's not that, that committed. And he found himself kind of deadlocked in this case. He didn't want to be deadlocked in. And he kind of just, you know, like, as soon as the moments pass, he just looks away and uh, closes the door quite hastily. Um, so yeah, in this room, a camera, uh, I don't remember what he said before, but I'm going to say that camera has not been replaced still. Uh, awesome. There is just, yeah, it's, it's not been replaced yet, uh, but Jasmine is there. She's swiping on her uh, tablet, and then uh, she kind of, as you enter the room, like she knew you were coming, but she kind of, as you enter the room, her expression is like this, like overjoyed kind of shock, like, oh, I can't believe it's you. Like, it's so good to see you, oh my goodness. Um, and she um, she flips over her tablet so that the screen, you can't see it from where you're standing. It's screened down. And uh, she hops up and um, she goes, oh, it's good to see you again. And she's like, you know, shaking your hand and gesturing for you to take a seat. What do you want? Anders stands, folds his arms in front of his chest. Um, so she kind of just, you know, shrugs that off and she goes, Are you sure you don't want to take a seat? I imagine if I don't, something terrible will happen, so I'll just sit down, okay? And so he, he kind of walks over and he sits down. He doesn't look for traps or anything. He doesn't care right now. <laughs> <laughs> Jasmine laughs at Anders' funny joke, but it's like a really overblown laugh. Like, it's quite obviously fake, but it's still, it's still quite, uh a good reproduction of a warm laugh, but it is quite obviously a fake laugh. Uh, and she's kind of like, oh, you, uh, kind of, you know, laughing at his oh-so-funny joke that has more than a grain of truth to it. Um, so she seats herself again, and she kind of leans in and adopts the pose that we've seen her so often in this podcast. She is kind of like elbows on the table, uh, fingers interlocked and sort of resting her chin on her hands and she's kind of, you know, she's got a very warm expression on her face and um, yeah, she kind of, she opens with, so how are you doing? I've got a question for you. Oh, okay. Why is it that you don't wear any of the weird cloaks that we all have to wear? Well, that's a good question, but I'll give you an answer in due time. That's not really what I wanted to talk to you about today. Yeah, okay. Excellent. All right. So how you doing? Uh, okay. I'm doing okay. I went to chapel. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, wonderful. Your first time, right? Yeah. And how did you find it? Give me 
a social, like a. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Give me a social DC. Like, not that hard, but. Mm. Okay. Um, let's say a seven. Okay, I got a seven. So nice. <laughs> it was great. It was really cool. I thought that I enjoyed it. It was beautiful. But he's, uh, he's like, a little convincing, but not very convincing. That's fair. But she, but he has said the magical buzzword of beautiful, so she, Jasmine's happy with that. Like, that, that fulfills her purposes enough. So she's kind of, you know, very warmly like, Oh, that's wonderful! I'm so glad you had a good time. Um, so I had just a few questions, just a quick chat. I wanted to just check in with my favourite new recruitee. Um, so that thing I asked you about, firstly, have you made any progress? I understand you've been talking to a few people, but I just wanted to hear, in your own words, what you've been getting up to. Yeah, I found the necklace. You found the necklace? That's wonderful! May I have it? First, tell me what you need it for. Well, as I said before, uh, poor girl, um, it... There are parties that would prefer all of her personal effects to be in the same place. Okay. That sounds like crap to me. You want to be more specific? Uh, well, I mean, with respect to those she's left behind, it would be improper to give away too many details. Yeah. So, generally when people hide stuff, they hide it for a reason. And let me tell you, people have been trying to hide this thing pretty, pretty darn well. So, Which people? Oh, I don't really know anyone's name. How can you not know their name but have found the necklace? That seems very strange to me. It does, doesn't it? But tell me in your own words how you found it. And she's still, like, all smiles. It does seem like uh, we each have... Uh, things we're not so interested in talking about. I guess that's just the way things are around here. But you forget, Anders. Only I can open the door. <laughs> Anders, like, looks at her. Um, I want a sense of her... So, perception, I think. I, mm. I want a sense of her intent. Like, is... Is she upset? Is she, like, threatening? Is she getting angry? Like, I just want a sense of, of what what her body language is telling me right now. She's really, really smiley because she knows she has all the cards. Um, she's, you know, you don't, you don't immediately get the sense that she's upset or that she's angry. She's just perfectly warm and amiable. Listen, I'm kind of getting tired of getting jerked around here. So I've got the necklace that you want and that's great and I'll give it to you and that's fine. But... Before I do, you're just going to need to tell me what's going on here. Could you be more specific? I want to know why you need the necklace. Well, as I keep saying, there are people that would rather all of her personal effects were in the same place. You can't just release part of the effects. That's very impolite. So you're saying that her family wants her necklace to be with you guys in the same place? That seems weird. I didn't say that. No, you didn't. I did. So why don't you tell me who it is that wants this stuff? 
Well, like I say, it would be improper to tell you exactly who. So Anders stands and he, he kind of starts pacing the room. He's having a hard time playing this game anymore and i think he's <laughs> he's like a little bit worried about caro and and i think chapel may have shaken him mm, that's fair <laughs> i so, can't wait to see what he does <laughs> so he's like all right i'm done here let me out no if you ever want to see that necklace again you'll let me out I mean, it would be nice to have all of her personal effects in the same place, just You keep know... saying that. What does that mean? It would be nice to know what had happened to all of her personal effects, but if you're just going to destroy it, I can't stop you. I never said I was going to destroy it. I just said that I'm not giving it to you. Interesting. Anders keeps pacing. <laughs> Are you sure you're all right? Do you want a glass of water? He looks at her and it's like, unless you have power fuel back there, I don't want anything from you. I'm afraid not. It's strictly against policy. It's like, of course. <sighs> Listen, I'm not trying to give you a hard time here, I know. Whatever weird- And I don't want to give you a hard time. I think we could be good friends. You locked me in this room. Yes, but we don't really know each other that well, do we? Fine. Then let's get to know each other. And he takes the Excellent. he takes the chair and he turns it backwards and he sits down and he just sort of like <laughs> stares at her. Well, like bad cop, bad cop. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and she's like totally oblivious to what she's still kind of really smiley and like really interested in everything Anders has to say. So tell me something about yourself, Jasmine. When did you join? I joined, oh, a couple of years ago now. I can't remember exactly how many. Yeah, memory seems to be a real issue with you people. And why don't you wear cloaks like all the other ones? Why don't you <laughs> and Luca wear the weird cloaks? Weird? What do you mean by that? Anders sort of like, <laughs> is becoming increasingly upset. Um, give me social, social DC. Um, give me a medium hard one. Okay. Ooh, uh, let's go for a nine. A nine in social, please. That's a five. Um, Ooh. Anders, like, stands up from the chair and, like, throws it across the room. Not at Jasmine, but, like, at a wall. And he's like, I'm getting sick and tired of you people screwing around here. Why won't anyone give me a answer to anything? So Jasmine, ever unflappable, does not even react to, like, this chair suddenly colliding with the wall. She's just, you know, cool as a cucumber. Um, and she just, you know, she says, Answers have to be discovered for yourself. I could tell you, but that's not of no, no use to you, is it? How is any of this any use to me? It's your journey. Anders takes a seat on the floor. And he just sort of, like, sits there, a little petulant with his arms, like, crossed in front of his chest. <laughs> let's let's turn the camera really quick. Oh, sure. Sure. I can't wait to come back to this. <laughs> so, Caro is standing at the door to Luca's office. What does she do? Like, her gut feeling is, I really don't want to do this. 
but I have to, but I really don't want to do this, but I have to, but I really, really don't want to do this because what if he has one of those boxes again? Oh my goodness, I don't think I could deal with that again. But then suddenly, it's all gonna be alright. It's just Luca. He's a nice man. You must go into the office. And she does. And Luca Rojas is sitting very casually behind his desk, and his office looks very similar to the way you saw it. There's a picture of his family. It looks very much like a kind of college professor's um, office for, for um, like, office hours or whatever. And he's just... He doesn't look surprised to see you. He, he knew exactly that you were coming in. In fact, he looks dead in your eyes as you enter the room. Yeah, but Kara doesn't like that, but there is a red thread pulling her forward. Um, uh, you wanted to see me? I'm glad that you enjoyed our little celebration last night. Yes, very much so. If you were to describe it in one word, how would you? Beautiful. You, he actually looks at you for a long time. <laughs> is Carol lying? Uh, that is a good question. I just made her say it. I didn't properly consider, like, wait a minute, which part of her brain is speaking right now? Um... Let's say she's unsure. She's not completely convinced by her own answer. Cool. Why don't you take a seat? Uh, she does so. So, what do you think of our little community so far? Uh, well, it, it, there's, a, there's a lot of interesting people here that I'm getting to know. I want to know the truth. The Your truth? truth. Well... Uh, I'm learning something new about this place every day. Fair. Do you like it here? She she kind of pauses and she like wants to say something and then stops herself and keeps trying to say something, but like words are not forthcoming. And then eventually she says, I think I'm beginning to like it a lot. And she kind of was like, there's like a like a flicker on her face of oh that was weird where did that come from and this like knife edge smile crosses luca's lips and he nods once and he's like that tends to happen now tell me have you spoken to helen doyle recently um so uh (laughs) caro is like trying to weigh up right okay how truthful am i gonna be about this and before she can stop herself, she says, yes! <laughs> Amazing. Did she ask you to do something for her? Oh, what like? I mean, anything at all. Uh, Did she ask you for a favor? Uh, well, uh, and like, Karu's kind of really struggling with herself. Um, and she's kind of stalling a little bit. Uh, well, um, um, uh, and she's trying to play this off as like, oh, I'm really thinking about it to see if she asked me anything, but she's also like, I don't, she's also kind of like, do I tell Luca that Helen's looking for a reporter with an e-cult? 
I think it might be easiest if you give me a DC for this to see whether she uh, succeeds in withholding this information or not. So what does she want to do? If she had perfect freedom, what would she want if to she do? If she had perfect freedom, she would just lie through her teeth at this point and say, no, 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 I mean... Give me an occult but... versus nine. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Here we go, here we go. What is my occult? I'm pretty sure it's a two. I was right. I should have put more points in that stat. Okay. What? So the d10 rolled an eight and my occult is two. So that's 10. So you keep control of yourself. You can say whatever you want. She kind of, you know, hems and haws and she kind of goes, you know, I... I don't think so. I can't remember her asking me to do anything big, you know? Like, maybe she asked me to, like, help her carry something? I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think. That's fine. Um, stay away from Miss Doyle. Oh. She's a wonderful oh. person, beautiful as all the rest. But she can also be quite dangerous. Dang- what? <laughs> That doesn't make sense. There's a lot about this place you don't understand yet, Carol. And maybe one day you will, but today is not that day. So just take my advice. Carrie's kind of caught between a rock and a hard place here because uh, she's not 100% on Helen Doyle, but she seems like the lesser of two evils compared to Luca. But, um, if even Lucas... You can do a perception roll to see if Lucas is telling the truth. Or at least whether his body language is honest or not. Yeah, let's, let's, let's do, let's see how emphatically he means stay away from her, she's dangerous. Give me a grace roll of eight. A grace roll of eight. Well, this is another stat I should have put more points in. Uh, so let's have a look. I got a seven overall. He seems like he's being truthful. Uh, you can't okay. tell completely. There's like it's hard to kind of read Luca because he's so his affect is always so flat. But he doesn't seem like he's lying to you. Okay. Uh. Well, I I guess I appreciate you uh, and giving me advice. I'll bear it in mind. Just be sure you don't tell her about this conversation we're having right now. Uh, okay. Uh, sure, I can do that. Wonderful. And if she does ask you for a favor, you will tell me, will you not? Uh, yeah, sure. Are you lying? Um, well, she's kind- the way she's kind of, like, trying to square away the lies so it's actually just being economical with the truth is that this is a new request as opposed to the request that they made at the start of the conversation. And from this point on, yeah, sure, if she is given more reason to distrust Helen between now and the next time she speaks to Luca and Luca asks, has Helen asked you a favour? Then yeah, she would be inclined to tell him. So yeah, no, she's telling the truth for now. Wonderful. I actually have a bit of good news for you. Oh, do you? And let's turn the camera back over to Anders and Jasmine. Cliffhanger!
Let's say Anders has been sitting here for like the last three or four minutes unless someone has stopped him. Fair enough. I mean, Jasmine is not inclined to stop him. Uh, everyone, everyone makes detours on their journey. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. What do you want from me? I'd like to get to know you better for one. Then ask me a question. Well, it seems to me that I've recruited a lot of people in my time. And I remember each of them, but I do not remember you. And yet, you say that I'm your recruiter. I'm all for making new friends, but I was wondering if you could explain that to me. I lied. Okay, that's good that you're telling the truth now. And she just smiles. Do I get to ask a question now? I guess that's only fair. Why are you locking me in this room? We're having a conversation. It would be rude if you left in the middle of it. Anders is increasingly frustrated. (laughs) Your turn. Hmm. So, I just want to... I know I'm repeating myself. I'm I'm sorry, but... Who... What have you been speaking to recently about the necklace? I know you've been speaking to quite a few people, but I want to hear in your own words who you've been speaking to and what about. Necton Boyle. Okay. Anyone else? Anders thinks about this for a second. I did ask the people in the cafeteria. Okay. Do you remember? Did they give you their names, or do you remember what they looked like? He describes the person who he always sees in the cafeteria. Right. Powerful lady. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is that all? Yeah, that's all I can remember. Okay. Interesting. And she kind of, like, swipes at her tablet a little bit and then puts that screen down again. And what did you say to these people and what did they say back? Oh, I just asked them if they'd seen a necklace and that I need to find it because, I don't know, I made up a bunch of stuff. I told them a bunch of different stories. Right. So, how did they help you find the necklace if those were the only people you spoke to? It was hidden. It was hidden? must have been hidden really well. I'd like to know how it was hidden because we had looked for this necklace quite thoroughly and we couldn't find it. It was in one of your fake cameras. Very strange. You can make me roll it anytime you want. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's fair. Oh, that's, that's very peculiar. Can you tell us which unit it was? Because I imagine it needs to be replaced. Oh, I put it back. It's one of the ones in the wreck. I'm going to have to make you roll, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, that sounds... I was waiting for it. (laughs) I I, I don't like to be... I'm not a super, like... You must roll, and for this, this, and this, I quite... I I enjoy the storytelling and role-playing. Can you talk your way out of it? Uh, But you do need to roll for that one, because that's quite egregious. (laughs) (laughs) It's a serious Uh, line of bullcrap I'm trying to sell. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like, I mean... Jasmine is hearing it, and she's loving it, but you do need to roll on that one. So, you, you're you trying to pass off, oh, I found the necklace, A, in a camera, <laughs> B, I took the camera down and retrieved the necklace, C, I then replaced the camera, and it's fine, and you don't need to investigate it further or replace it. Absolutely. Uh, that is exactly what he's trying to sell her. Oh. <laughs> okay. You are lying, so this is a social role. Yeah, no, I'm lying. <laughs> that is a lot. That is a lot to take in. I'm. 
I'm, I'm, really, I'm really sorry about this, but can you give me a social of 11? Yeah, no, that seems fair, actually. <laughs> no, I rolled a five. Um, so, oh, dear. <laughs> so she does not believe a word of that. <laughs> okay. Right. Hmm. Are you telling me tall tales? And she kind of tilts her head and smiles, but like her eyes are like glassy. What does it matter? Well, it matters quite a lot. I mean, who would steal a dead girl's necklace? That's not very nice, is it? I don't know, you guys seem pretty intent on it. We're not stealing it, we're just returning it to where it was lost. Where was that, by the way? Well, the girl was wearing it, and then she wasn't. So you're going to put it back on her body? Where is her body? It's all being taken care of and being treated with the utmost respect, don't you worry. I'm pretty sure you guys don't have any authority to hold on to a dead body. Have you contacted the authorities? We are following all necessary procedures in this event. Do you know about Luca's experiments? Luca's experiments. She just repeats that. She's waiting. For, she's just. She's just kind of waiting to see what you'll say next. Interesting. Give me a social DC. Oh, okay. Let's say a eight social. Sure. Six. So just a regular old-fashioned failure. Okay. <laughs> so Anders is like your friend Luca is running. And I don't know that other guy. He doesn't really know Sylvester's name. Um, he's running some kind of experiment where we have to shoot each other. Do you know about that? That's kind of weird, don't you think? Luca is only doing what he thinks is best for the organization. I trust his judgment. Yeah, of course you do. You know this is illegal, right? I trust his judgment, again, at this point. <laughs> Anders stands up. Now he's pacing again. He's exasperated. <laughs> what is my fastest way out of this room? Well, I mean, I only had a few more questions for you. Then I'll answer them. Go ahead. Excellent! What can you tell me about your... What relation is she to you? Is she your cousin? Oh, you mean Kara? Yeah, can you tell me what she like? I've not really spoken to her much myself. Do you like her? Is she, she alright? Yeah, no, she's great. She's my whatever, doesn't matter now, cousin. Right. Did you grow up together? No. That's interesting, because I remember you saying in our initial conversation when you first joined the organization that you'd lost... Well, maybe I'm misremembering. I thought you said you'd lost all of your family. She's all I have left. And there's something actually kind of honest about that, so... I feel really bad for Anders, man. <laughs> Anders has a, has a rough go at it. There's a lot, there's a lot to get into, yeah. Oh, I see. So, you feel a lot of loyalty towards her. I don't know what these questions are about. Where are we going with this? I just want to get to know you. Just want to get to know the people that are important to you. I hope that we at the organization can be equally as important to you. Yeah, okay. Uh, fine, it doesn't matter. Yes, of course, Caro. Caro's important. She's my friend. And my cousin. All right. And where is she now? Talking to Luca. I see. Luca, the one with all the experiments. 
you say that like you don't know what's going on here. Aren't you some kind of big muckety muck in this place? That is a very interesting turn of phrase. <laughs> I know what's going on. Don't worry. I they keep me informed. But I think that'll be all for now. You've been very helpful, and I look forward to our future conversations together. And she kind of gets up and finally unlocks the door for you. Anders reaches into his pocket and removes the chain, and he just tosses it on her desk, and he says, There's your necklace. She kind of, like, limply picks it up and looks at him. And this is kind of the first time that her smile looks really forced and tight. And she just says, I think we will be talking again very soon, but thank you for your time today. Yeah. And Anders makes his way out of the room. Unless he's um, stopped in any way. Yeah, no. Uh, Jasmine keeps his, keeps keeps her words and uh, allows Anders to some freedom in this godforsaken place. <laughs> and then the camera pans back to Kara. So, I've got some good news for you and your friend. Oh, yes. Uh, do you know? You've, I don't know what to call it, but let's say you've been promoted. Promoted? Yes, you've both been very um, cooperative with us over the last few days, and we feel that your time in the integration center has reached its end. Oh! Well, this is a surprise. So, where to next? You will both be assigned living quarters on the third floor, and you both will need to, um, have jobs here, tasks to take up your day. I see. What kind of jobs are we being given the opportunity to take on? Well, I think you each have um, different choices. Uh, I'm sure Miss Rose will inform Anders of his in due time, but for you, what is your favourite part of this place? Well, as she just like says the first thing that comes to mind that is even slightly truthful, well, I enjoy talking to all the different people here and getting to know them. She's panicking. <laughs> he he looks to he looks to his tablet, and then he looks to you with his, and you can tell he's sort of like focusing on you on, with his like bionic eye, um, and he's giving you that stare that he's given you previously that feels like he's staring right through you. Ugh. <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you feel about? Sylvester. Uh, well, I, I don't feel I've been given the chance to really get to know him one-on-one, -on -one, you know? Is he someone you would like to know one-on-one? -on -one? Ah, he seems very mysterious, so I, I guess... Interesting. And he just seems to, it seems to like slide right off of him, he doesn't even press, and he goes on to... Have you visited our library? Not much outside of the tour, but I'd, I'd love to... I, I'd, I'd, I'd love to, um, read the materials you have there. Is that more truthful or less truthful than the previous statement? It's more truthful because she wants to get at that restricted area super bad. <laughs> Interesting. Alright, uh, 
have you had a moment to visit the recreation area? Uh, a, a few times. Yeah, I think so. And your thoughts? Uh, I don't mean to be rude. It's a little small. <laughs> You'll find that it's much larger when you can open all the doors. I imagine so, yes. Give me... Roll a 1d10 and tell me what you get. Okay. Here we go. Right, if my mouse would just work. I've got an 8. I have the perfect job for you. Oh, you do? What is it? <laughs> he looks at you and he smiles, that knife smile, and he uh, says... Nope. <laughs> a little bird whispered to me once that you're quite the hacker. Did they? What an odd thing to tell you. Strange that. I think you would do well in the research center, working alongside Sylvester. Oh, the, the research center? Really? Wow, I mean, what would you have me do there? Oh, that's not for me. That's for oh. Sylvester to tell you. Right. Okay. But... Uh, I'm very grateful for the opportunity to uh, further the goals of the organization in whatever way I can. Wonderful. Well, I think I'm done with you for now. Right. Shall I just show myself out? Please. All right, goodbye. And she just, she just goes. She just goes like she, like speed walks, power walks out of there and closes the door as quickly as possible so that there's no chance of a oh wait I forgot there's actually another thing I want of you she just wants to minimize all time with Luca Luca lets her go oh thank goodness <laughs> so Anders at this point would be stalking out of Jasmine's office back towards the integration center let's say it's about 12.30 at this point. Anders sees Logan before Logan sees Anders. And Anders sees Logan is quite agitated. And not... Maybe maybe not the one for long, drawn-out conversations. Uh, but Logan has not seen Anders just yet. Logan does seem to be looking for someone or something. But he hasn't seen Anders just yet. What do you do? Anders calls out, Hey, buddy. Uh, he kind of, like, whips his head around and, like, locks eyes with Anders. And you kind of see, like, something rise up in him and then he kind of extinguishes that almost as quickly. And he sort of straightens up and straightens up and slowly walks over. And, like, his tone, icy and steely, is like, Hey, buddy. Can we have a chat? Yeah, it seems like that kind of afternoon. Let's go. Logan, like, kind of pauses. He wants to press on that, but there's more pressing things on his mind, so he kind of puts that on the back burner for now. What were you going to say, sorry? Oh, he just follows Logan wherever Logan takes Fair him. Fair enough. Uh, it's back to what would be a CCTV dead spot if most of the cameras in this place worked. Uh... <laughs> So, yeah, Logan kind of leads them to the same place as before. Uh, these chats are becoming more and more frequent, and they almost have their own clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So yeah, he leads them to the secluded corner, and Logan, still still very steely toned, kind of crosses his arms and goes, "So you you had a chat with Rana, right?" Yeah, she passed out. See, Rana Rana told me what she remembered. What happened, though? Why why does she pass out from what you remember? Well, I told her how her friend died, and she didn't really take it very well, and then she passed out. Wow. I expected you to lie a little, but you just... Not really in the mood right now, Logan. Right. Um, how do you know how that poor girl died? And he's kind of, like, getting... He's kind of drawing himself closer and kind of looming, because Logan's a tall guy, and he's kind of, like, arms crossed, like, he is... He is, uh... He kind of strikes. He kind of strikes you as quite pissed off. Anders's hand is tapping lightly against his hip. It is probably imperceptible to Logan because Logan has no reason to believe that Anders is armed. But the, what would be noticeable to Logan is that Anders, Anders is surly on the best of days, but he looks livid <laughs> at the moment. So they're both not very happy at this uh, at the time. So Anders looks oh at him. Oh dear, this could go very bad, very wrong. And I'm growing to like this character. So let's let's see how this plays out. <laughs> Listen, there's probably a lot I can't tell you about what went down with the thing that we're talking about here. But what I will say is that it's better off where it is now than it was before. So where is it now? You didn't you didn't turn it over, did you? He looks at him. He's like, if I answer that question, it'll just make things harder on everyone, I think. Wait a minute. You've not, you've not, you didn't hand it over, did you? You didn't, you didn't, and he's getting quite irate. And he just sort uh, of, Anders shakes his head no, but he doesn't say it out loud. Okay then, good, that's good. Did you really, did you really have to tell Rana, I mean, the way uh, Rana and Edith, like, did you really have to tell her all the gory details. Yes. And he seems, it's very matter of fact the way he says it. Well, you, you didn't give it to them, so I guess you're not all bad, but just don't don't make a habit out of grossing out Rana. Like, I mean, she's terrified of you now. So, I mean, if you could at least apologize to her, like, just, you know, I'd appreciate that. But like, she, you're, yeah, she, she's just gonna, run away from you if she sees you and that that's that's not gonna that's gonna draw unnecessary attention to all three of us i feel so i just wanted to give you a heads up but also did you have to just like take it off of her though like that whatever whatever i don't don't want to get any more involved than i already am Ah, probably for the best and you've not you've not you've not told anyone about these conversations We're, we're, we're cool on that as well I don't tell anyone anything they don't need to know. Yeah, no, uh... That, that sounds about right. Cool. Right then. Uh, um, Logan kind of, like, he nods and he kind of turns to leave and he stops himself and he turns back and he goes, I know you can't tell me everything and it's best that you don't, but if you need, if you need someone to back you up, man, if you need, if you need someone waiting in the wings, just, just give me a shout, alright? You know, I appreciate that. And he really does. And he he taps 
Logan on the shoulder, and then he moves back towards the integration center. I'll, uh, I'll see you around, but I'll try and keep these chats to a minimum. Right. Mind how you go, and he's off. I diffuse that really well. <laughs> I do what I can. Alright, so she's in the integration rec center. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to go through all the plot points. Whilst bearing in mind that she is what can be best be described as a supernatural conflict of interest within her own mind. <laughs> now would be a good time to regroup with Anders. And so you do, I think. I think let's let's pull them together for a second. So you both meet back into the integration center, and Anders has this kind of hangdog look on his face again, and he's like, how did your little meeting go? Oh, uh, yeah, no, it was great. Uh, they've offered me a job! (laughs) (laughs) Anders looks... I can't describe the look on Anders' face, but it is so... he, He looks... It is like you said the worst thing you could have possibly said. And Anders literally pulls you by the arm and towards the elevator leading down into the lobby. Caro in like hushed tones is like, they were talking about giving you a job as well. Just just shut up for a second, please. Um, okay, sure. Uh, and, okay, boss. And he takes, takes you down into the lobby and... He barely tries to hide the fact that he's going towards Rocco's secret lair. Kara gets the distinct feeling she shouldn't be here and she shouldn't be going there. And she's kind of pulling away from Anders, but not super massively. Because, of the, like, uh, yeah, no, the conflict of interest is not overridden quite so much that she's not going to talk to her colleagues. So, so she... Does she? So they get to the thing and he, he uses the security and they get inside of Rocco's room and it's filled with all of the usual countermeasures and Rocco's actually here right now. Oh, and he's wow. Sort of, he's like sitting at his desk and he sort of looks surprised to see the both of you. Hi guys. What are you doing here? Uh, hi. Well, <laughs> Anders dragged me here. <laughs> She's got some kind of weird hoodoo on her. Oh. I did. I feel fine. You worry too much. Why don't you two take a seat? Do you do you sit? Caro anxiously stands. Like there is a small voice at the back of her mind going, "You shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be here." And uh, it's kind of like that thing that a lot of creepy games do, where they start with like that sort of like arc words and then gradually it just fills the screen and it's just a wall of text of the same thing over and over again that's what's happening very slowly in her brain shouldn't be here shouldn't be here shouldn't be here so she's kind of just standing awkwardly and anxiously like she'd rather not be here well look at you two oh boy let's see what what we have here and Rocco stands up and Rocco's never been a tall man but but he does he looks even less tall now as he sort of like is probably a few inches shorter than than Caro and he goes over and he sort of like looks up and he he kind of like inspects your eyes and then he you know he taps you on the shoulders and he looks over to Anders it's like where have you all been some weird church thing chapel she just blurts that out (laughs) you 
You shouldn't talk so much, sweetheart. Okay. <laughs> like, telling Karen not to speak. Like, that's that's kind of like, oh, what's the point if I can't talk? Um, but uh, she's not one to object in this situation. She's kind of, something's not right. He goes, he goes over to his, his makeshift desk and he takes his phone, which is very similar to your phone, and he, he like is searching through these applications until he comes to this like folder and he opens it. And then suddenly his phone has this like really bright light, like one of the cell phone lights, but even brighter than that. Ooh. And he comes over and it's like, all right. <sighs> This isn't going to be fun for everyone, for anyone, but I'm going to need you to look right into this light for, for like three seconds. Just, just do that for me, okay, Carol? Um, Carol's kind of not convinced. It's like, oh, it's, it's quite bright. <laughs> yeah, like, don't at worry. The back of her, at the back of her brain, it's like, all caps, you shouldn't be here, you shouldn't be here, you shouldn't be here. Uh, whatever is taking up residence... Uh, whatever contrarian force is taking up residence in her brain is kind of gone into self-preservation mode. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, it won't hurt you. Just just do me this favor, can you? Um, okay. Um, and she kind of gets a hold of herself. Uh, unless, of course, you want to give me uh, a DC to see. Give me an occult DC 9. Oh wait, uh, that everything went better than expected. The D10 was an 8, but my occult just on its own is a 2, so that's 10 overall. Wow, okay. Now you're making these occult rolls. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm making them. Like, uh, your better judgment tells you that it's Rocco and you should trust him. She sits down even and looks into the light. And it feels like an eye exam, like when they, they have you sort of like stare into one of those machines and you see, you feel the spiritual equivalent of like a kick to the back of your head Ooh. Uh, like it's extremely uncomfortable for 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 about two seconds and after those two seconds Rocco the light turns off and Rocco starts looking at his phone and he's like well uh, I got some bad news and some bad news which do you want to hear first uh, the worst news first, and then the bad news won't seem so bad afterwards? Well, you've got some kind of fairly high-level geese on you. Do you know what that is? Caro doesn't know, but we've had conversations about this in the past. But, um, yeah, Caro would not know. She's not big on occult stuff at all. Also known as a gash, also known as... There's, there's all kinds of ways to say it, but the important note point here is that some force outside of yourself is riding you like a show pony at the moment that is a very undignified turn of phrase yeah sorry just the way i i grew up i'm (laughs) i'm trying to teach i'm trying to teach my kids better he looks over to anders and's like well the other piece of bad news is Unfortunately, there ain't much I can do about it here. Anders looks over and it's like, Are you kidding? You're kidding me, right? Like, there's nothing you can do? I didn't say there was nothing you could do. I said there's nothing I can do about it here. I don't know what that means. 
and Rocco goes back to the desk and he starts tapping away at this like little computer that he has and he's like remember that remember that data you brought me a little while ago do you do you both remember that so it had that key on it but it also had a little bit of extra information on it turns out that there might be something to that library something in that library in fact that might be able to help you in a situation like this lord almighty only knows why mickey larson had something like that on him but mickey larson seemed to have his fingers in all the pies i'd say he asked for your phone unless unless you want to make me roll for it uh i don't see any reason Nah, your your last roll was pretty good uh, he he taps a, a book uh, the title of a book and the title of the book is on the ethical constraints of android morality huh. find this book but i would suggest you don't go you wait until nightfall to take a look okay Sh- sure uh and 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 what in this book can help you listen i'm not a field agent and as much as i'd like to talk your ear off about this you both need to be getting on pretty soon oh okay uh guess we'll see you later with the book or not at all while you guys are here actually oh we can do this offline but he's going to um sell you stuff so so we will take care of actually no we'll do this one first off because um the the people have not um had an opportunity to to see shopping day so so Rocco goes back to his desk and now he looks excited he looked pretty pretty down like previously but he's (laughs) now pretty pretty jazzed and he's like oh my gosh you cannot believe the kind of stuff I snuck in here for you guys you're gonna love this What's his, what's his care of? Like, Anders is, like, looking at him with, like, he rolls his eyes, and he just sort of looks so put off by the entire world right now. I think Karen, Karen always, you know, it's always a laugh when, like, Rocco uh, Bagney rocks up, uh, and he always has something new. And sometimes he has stuff that Karen's never even seen before and has no idea what had to happen for someone to come up with the idea for this invention so she's quite interested to see what Rocco has today let's see what Rocco does have um for people watching basically the way that this works is that there's a list of items that Rocco can have and we're going to roll randomly to see what he actually has on him at this point and then we're going to get one chance to buy it and if we don't um we're gonna have to wait until we see him again so let's see what's in Rocco's storehouse for the moment so here's what I've got on offer for you first thing here is a termite remote listening device oh <laughs> see i see a bit of a theme of those and, and he looks to carol and it's like i i could give it to you for what do you say 300 bits that seems right uh you can uh haggle with him with a social role if you want like i really want carol to like return the favor to helen doyle uh but also 300 bits Oh, I'm trying to... And also, I've done this really dumb thing where each time I get bits, I just say how much I got in that instance rather than daring to do maths and add it all up together. 
so <laughs> I'm gonna add those up to actually because I don't think I even have 300 bits to play with um, and I'm not sure what would be reasonable to haggle it down to. See? Depends on what you roll. <laughs> Alright, accumulatively, unless I've taken, like, incorrect notes, I have 277 bits. Cool. Does that sound about in the region of what you have? Yeah, no, that sounds right. Good. We can come back to it. Let me tell you yeah, what else is yeah, in stock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's see what else have you got, and then uh, I'll make I'll make the best situation from what else is on offer. So he 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 puts so the like the termite comes in this like very flashy looking like apple style box that's like all black with like some silver trim, and he puts it to the side, and then he takes out this medical looking vial, and he he shows it to you, and then to Anders, and it's like. Well, this one's a bit more. I, I think this is something you might be interested in. Back at the office, we call it Twizdid. Like, I don't know, I didn't make the name. Anyway, what it is is this, it's kind of a poison. And you just slip this into someone's drink and then, oh boy. They're just having these like real bad nightmares. Like, awake though just like awake though you're gonna freak out you're like you don't even know what's gonna happen but i'm gonna tell you it's not gonna be fun for anyone around then let me tell you it takes a couple minutes to kick in so you should probably not be in their path when when it starts working so i'm gonna put this over here but twisted like it's great all right let's make things a little more simple next on the docket is this here smoke grenade oh and it does exactly what you think it does makes a lot of smoke might, might be able to get you out of a sticky situation, you know, that sort of thing. Only about 200 bits, so, you know, classics are sometimes useful. And he puts that aside. Oh, this one's kind of interesting. Alright, for 150 bits, you get one of these. And he takes out, like, a little round container that looks like it might um, have shoe polish in it, but it's, like, a lot deeper. Back of the office, we call this combat goo. So, so you'll love this. Spread it across any surface. And then if someone steps on it, they're not going anywhere for like 20 minutes. Just stuck as the day where they were born. Mixing my metaphors there. But yeah, it's pretty great. Like stick it on a doorknob. Hey, person stuck to a doorknob for 20 minutes. <laughs> stick it on the floor. They're not moving. Kind of, kind of good utility in that. Only about 150 bits. Finally, and this one's beauty, he he takes a small metal case off the shelf. You actually, Caro actually recognizes this case. Right. And he opens it, and you see a weapon very similar to the one that you were using during the experiment. And he's like, this right here is a tier 305 sweet release dart gun. Ooh. It's made of metal so you want to keep that away from the metal detectors but it comes complete with three of darts of your choice that can be packed with all sorts of goodies so if you want to put someone down you want to freak someone out you want to do some real weird stuff to people without killing them this is a gun for you 300 bits so go over it again got the dart gun got the combat goo got the smoke grenade got twisted and you got the termite remote listening device 
Anything suit your fancy? Well, I've got to be honest. Uh, much as Twisted intrigues and horrifies me at the same time, I'm interested in the termite remote listening device. Uh, you could say I've uh, 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 an acquaintance here and I have a bit of a back and forth and uh, this uh, termite device might, uh, well, she'll be pleased as punch to see it again. Um, but the thing is, Rocco, Rocco, my friend, I do not have 300 bits. I have 250 bits. I do not have 300 bits. Oh, boy. Uh, Carol, you know, you're like a, you're like a cousin to me. And, and oh, I get that a lot. And so I, I really care about you and with what's going on inside of your soul right now, I'm pretty concerned about you too. So there's part of me that wants to give you a better deal, but you know how this is. You know how risk management is. Like I gotta pay for this stuff like retail. They don't even give me wholesale prices. And sneaking it in here? You think that's easy? I've been in this place for a month now. These people are dangerous. So I don't I don't really know. Uh, give me a social of a nine. Okay. A, a stat she's actually good at. Okay. Um, this is where I roll, like, the worst I've ever rolled in social, but... Oh, hey. Uh, so, social five plus seven. That is, if I can do maths, a twelve, I believe. Oh, it's a big hit. He looks at you, and he looks to Anders, and then he looks back at you, and then he looks to the app on his phone that he still hasn't told you what it's actually said. And he's like, Does he take pity on me? <laughs> All right, little girl. Here's what I can do for you. I'll give you one of these for 200 bits, but just never say Rocco has never done anything for you. Oh, I, I, I wouldn't say that in a million years. That's, that's great. Thank you. And um, I forget where we keep our bits. They're in your phone. They're in like a digital wallet in your phone. Can she pay contactless? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so he just sort of like he takes out a like little like square device, <laughs> and, and you just sort of like put your phone against it, and he's like, "Great doing business with you." Then he looks over to Anders. You looking for anything, Hoss? Anders doesn't even think about it. He's like, "I want a dose of Twisted." <laughs> I knew it. I knew he'd go for Twisted. <laughs> <laughs> and Rocco like gives him this look. It's like, uh, "Are you okay, my friend?" You do not look well. 200 bits, right? Just give it to me, okay? Oh, I... Ooh. Yeah, yeah, all right. 200 bits. And he, he just takes his phone out, and he, he presses it against the tab. It's like, thanks. And he, he puts the slips of vial back into his pocket. And Rocco looks, looks at you both. It's like, hey, do you guys have anything you need me to look at? Like, to identify? I just, you know, while I'm here, before I let you guys go. Uh, identify, uh, what, like, things we find, or, like, yeah, background checks on people? I mean, just, just anything. I'm just wondering what, if you guys need me to do anything. I'm not going to be here for a couple of days, so I wanted to give you guys a chance to get some something going, if you need something going. Okay, I'll be honest, there is, uh, something that's been kind of at the back of Caro's mind uh, even before chapel uh, and that is what happened to Luca Rojas uh, children and she she doesn't, she part of her really doesn't want to know but part of her really wants to know for various reasons and 
she does I'm, I'm just trying to work out is would it be appropriate to go can you look up this person and tell me what happened to his family oh you can ask him like I, I can't tell you I mean like I know what he's gonna say but you can ask him if you want oh sure let's do that all right uh Rocco right it's a bit of an odd request uh but someone we've met here Luca Luca Rojas I was wondering if you could look into him. Uh, he, one, of, one of the first things he asked me when I got here was, what do you think happened to my children? And I didn't really want to answer him, but I feel like that's something I should know. Either way, uh, just I was wondering if you could do like a background check on him and his family and just why he's here, what's his deal? Is that something you can do? Rocco kind of looks at you and he's like, I, I don't know. Maybe I can do some of that. Uh, yeah, let, let me look into it for a while. It might, it might take a bit before I get back in with you. I, I, I warn you now, Rocco. Like, I know how much you care about your kids. I don't think anything's good happened to this guy's kids. So I just warn you now, it's probably not going to be a happy story. So just steal yourself for that. I know how much you care about your kids. Yeah, I mean, when we're dealing with little ones, I mean, this is kind of important to me. So yeah, let me let me look into this for you. Like next time, next time we meet, uh, we can talk a little bit more about it. And then he uh, he goes over and he whispers something into Anders's ear. Ooh. You can either ask Anders later, or you can try to overhear what he's saying right now. But he seems very like he seems like he's trying to be sly about it. But Rocco's not very sly. Okay, if Kara was, you know, the only residence within her own mind, she would be inclined to trust Anders to tell her later. But she is not in full control of her own mind, and the part of her mind working for the interests of the cult would be very interested to hear what is being said right now. Just give me a perception of six. It's a small room. It's not hard. So perception is grace. That's two flat, but with a nine from the D10, that is 11 overall. You hear him say... As he's sort of passing the the like he's he's sort of like patting Anders on the shoulder and like commiserating with him a little bit. He's like, "Don't trust her, Hoss. At least not until you get to that library." Excellent plot hooks. <laughs> That's all he says. And now you guys are free to leave if you if you so desire. Um, just know that when you leave, um, the next time you open this door, Rocco will not be here. At least not for a couple of days. Um, I do think that Kara's kind of gotten all she wants out of that. And also, now that she's heard that, I mean, she cares about Anders. She's been working with Anders for, like, quite a while, I'm, I'm imagining. So, yeah. to hear, so to hear someone be like, don't trust her, I think that cuts on a level she didn't fully anticipate before now. Uh, and the fact she's kind of been made to listen in on that by part of her brain that she is not in really proper control of it's just yeah it's kind of it's kind of crap uh she's not feeling great about that so yeah she probably wants to get out of there as quick as possible and she's probably a little gloomy man these guys are in such bad shape right now this has not been great it's excellent i love it (laughs) (laughs) it's so so dour i can't Um, wait to make them suffer even more (laughs) 